You are listening to Secrets to Scale. I'm your host, Tanner Scott, CEO of Rangsta Digital Marketing, and this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. Lindsay Ivey, Business Development Manager over at VIA, joins me on the show this week to talk about the power of SMS marketing. SMS marketing is a relatively new technology that more businesses should be taking advantage of because of its insanely high open rates and low opt-out rates. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. I'm really excited to have you. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lindsay Ivy. Um, I currently work for Via Customers. So I just started a few weeks ago as their business development manager. So I'm excited to get started with them. Um, I just love, I'm just really grateful to be on here today. Just love um, being a part of the community and excited to start getting more involved in the e-commerce community. So Really cool. So can you kind of walk us through your career and also, uh, could you also share the story of how you ended up with VIA? Yeah. Yeah. So I started going way back. I started in uh, actually retail. So I was working at Best Buy for uh, five years or so. And then I kind of transitioned more into telecom. So I was working for a company here called Veracity. And that was like a huge transition for me going from retail selling TVs uh, to selling like fiber connections and data center stuff. So, uh, and then my husband and I actually worked together at a few different startups. And then from that experience working at a few different startups, we realized that there's kind of like an immediate need of cell support um, in the early stages of a startup, which you can't get through a full-time employee. Sometimes you just need like that part-time help to get you like initially going. So we actually started consulting for the past few years. So we consulted um, SaaS companies, web dev companies, SEO companies, just kind of like a variety of different groups. And along came COVID (laughs) and last year. (laughs) So as many, I think a lot of people who were kind of running their own consulting, maybe hit a few roadblocks as well, where a lot of the clients that we were working with were manufacturing and other spaces like that were hit really hard and lost 50% of their business. So from there, we kind of had to make a transition. So I decided to start looking for something more full-time. And so I had actually been introduced to Greg. We met a few times. We met at the Tech Summit, so it would have been 2019 or 20. It was 2020. They did it right before everything <laughs> went crazy. And um, we did, had just um, gone back and forth on LinkedIn. So I really liked what they were doing. I actually had an opportunity to use their product. And so I was kind of went out of the box in my approach to get a job. When I went on to see what available positions they had, wasn't really anything that fit exactly into what I was looking for. So I just reached out on LinkedIn was like, hey, so I see you're hiring a lot of roles. 
but this is what I'm good at. Let me know if like I fit into that at all. And we had a conversation and he was really open-minded to say like, yeah, we we're growing startups. So we need some help over in partner sales and like helping on the event and marketing side. So I was able to come on and, and help launch their partner channel. So. Awesome. That's really amazing. I think a lot of people probably don't really think to do that, you know, um, create a position for yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, so now that you've had a little bit of time to settle on at VIA, what are some obstacles that VIA is currently facing in terms of growth? Well, uh, it's interesting you asked that. So we just took on a, a good size round of funding. So they're needing to basically double the sales team in like the month and a half. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, it's insane. So I know like Greg is up till like two, three in the morning uh, going through LinkedIn and going through like all the applications and then you have to go interview and you have to onboard. Um, so that's been kind of like an interesting growth, um, you know, just at, with every startup, you know, you go from like three employees and then you're like, all of a sudden you're up to 30. Like, how do you get there? I think that initial stretch is um, a challenge for different startups. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. So you personally, what do you think makes you successful? Um, I've been really fortunate to spend the last two and a half, three years, like, doing a lot of networking and a lot, I've done a lot of events to help build a community. And I think because of that transitioning here into this role, it was really nice to have like a, a really good support system that I can reach out to a lot of different people um, that I could bring on as partners because of our, I've already established those relationships. So I think a lot of times we get boxed into a role, right? Like if you're working for a large SaaS company, I know a lot of people that are like, well, I don't need to really network. I don't really need to use LinkedIn because they're like, because I'm just here. Here's my set hundred accounts that I have to work every day. But what happens like if there's a change in job, like, what do you lean on? Like, what do you have built or established? Like what community have you built in order to, you know, get the next job or maybe you transition to more of a position where you do need to have those initial relationships so yeah and that, that's a really good point and I think a lot of people probably don't really see it that way right they see it as oh you got all these entrepreneurs on there just trying to support their own businesses but like you said at the employee level where you don't really need all those connections you might need them one day right or if you decide to maybe start up your own startup and you are already have all these connections this big network to support that launch right yeah definitely so that's helped so so i wanted to bring you on the show to talk about your new role over at via but i also wanted to talk about how businesses can benefit from sms marketing um so in your opinion what types of businesses should be using or can benefit from sms marketing yeah so i think there's a lot of use cases right so via is focused more on the text marketing. So like getting people to the finish line, right? So you're trying to get someone with an abandoned cart to come back in and check out with you, or you're following up with them every week with a promotion or a different product launch to get them back to your store. So, but of course there's, there's different applications as far as like, I know that's why there's so many different text SaaS companies out there, right? So maybe it's customer service, maybe it's a billing thing, maybe 
I think um, even now, like AT&T sends me a text every month. I push one and then I pay my bill. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I think that's so cool where we've gotten through text messaging and what you're able to do with it. So I actually know a lot of uh, retention marketing agencies that focus on SMS as a channel for that. Um, you mentioned there was a lot of other applications to it, um, but do you see that that's being the best application for it, um, especially with e-commerce businesses? Like you said, abandoned cards or promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, we've like it's been pretty incredible to see. Um, coming from like not being in e-commerce to like jumping right into it over the past few weeks, just the different use cases, right? So we were, we're fortunate enough to be able to provide like a free month trial for customers so they can really see or prove out like the ROI. I think that's a lot of people are like, well, that's like a new cost I'm taking on, right? Like what, what am I going to see through that? In some cases, some of like our bigger cases, um, we've had clients like in the first month make $1.2 million through implementing like a text marketing strategy that they didn't have before. And I think because a lot of, I get flooded, especially after Christmas, I think I have so many emails, like probably have thousands of emails that I get through these different brands. And I don't read them ever. Like that, that doesn't get me <laughs> to shop. Uh, but I do have a few brands that I follow on, um, through their text campaign. And like, you know, I'll, when I get the message, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Like that to me, it's just like an immediate, like people pick up their phones like 58 times a day. Um, I probably check my email. I don't even go through, I just delete those emails. Like they pop up and I just delete them. Right. So I think you're just using like people are doing most of their shopping on their phones. So why not leverage that as a tool to market? Yeah, and I think that's why SMS is so popular right now because email is so flooded, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the open rates just aren't there. Um, it's just hard to reach someone, right? Whereas with SMS, I mean, what, what's your average open rate? Um, so we're seeing, you know, usually it's in the 80s, 90s, 90%. That's what you're seeing on an open rate. It's pretty significant. And you're not seeing much of an opt-out, especially if it's like a brand you really like and you want to see promotions on um, as like, oh yeah, I want to order that, like a food item or something like that. Um, I would want to keep that in place so I can wait for those promotions to pop up. Yeah, it would seem to me that SMS marketing is probably best used for like lifestyle brands, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because lifestyle brands can connect with their customers on a much more personal level than let's say a big box retailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Walmart or one of those other. You got text from Best Buy, I'd probably block it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so what would you say your secrets to scale are? Um, for me personally, I rely on, I'm a connector. So I think for me, it's just, I know what my limitations are. I know what my capabilities are. And I know I'm really good at identifying what other people's skill sets are and relying on those. And that's why I really love building out partner channels um, because I like to create like a two-way relationship, right? Through like, not just give, give, give or take, 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 right? So um, I really lean pretty heavily on my relationships and 
bridging those and creating resources and creating communities around those in order to grow in whatever position I'm in. Yeah, and I, I think that's really important, right? Because um, at least in most, most aspects of business are really relationship-driven, right? Um, business is very much about who you know and not necessarily how good you are at what you do or how good your product is, right? Um, of course, marketing can kind of back that up a little bit. But um, when you say you're doing these partnerships and event planning, are you guys doing any in-person events or are you doing virtual events or is that kind of just on hold until everything goes back to normal? Um, I do in-person networking groups. I think like I've had COVID. Most of the people I know have had it. So we're just meeting a person. <laughs> it's like the fight club. Like nobody talks about it, but people are doing it. <laughs> that's how I feel it's not like we're out promoting it all over LinkedIn it's more strategic but you know I think at, people are at the point where like they have to that's where a lot of business is done and Zoom is just there's such a disconnect with Zoom you just don't get the same uh, yeah I completely agree with that I mean you can kind of get good conversation out of the one-on-one Zoom meeting but as soon as you start introducing more people it just doesn't really work and no. so, I mean, they're probably not big sizes of gatherings, right? No, it's like 15, 20 people. Yeah. So I don't see a problem with that. And I've, I've had, I've had COVID too. And so to me, it's like, I don't think I can get it again. Right. I think I had it twice. So I'm like, I, I can check that box twice. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But I think it's like six months or so. There's like a, a little but yeah, I'm hope, my hope is like everyone gets the vaccine and like we kind of get back to normal. But I think a lot of people realize like it's been a year. So I think people realize like the risks and like they're not going to put other people in those situations. So if they're comfortable with that or they've already been through it. So I love that. <laughs> I'm very much an advocate of letting people decide what they want to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where I'm at. So. So one other thing I'd like to maybe talk about since we're a little bit long on time uh, is the power of LinkedIn. Um, you're, you're an active user on LinkedIn. You have a pretty large following. Um, how much of an impact do you think that's had on your success? Um, it's been pretty significant. I've, I've been, able, been able to host um, a LinkedIn local event. So that's just more giving back to the community and adding value there um but i think for the most part like a good example would be coming on with my new position um i was able to schedule like 20 plus partner meetings and every single one of them were through existing relationships i had built on linkedin or new relationships i was able to create on linkedin like you're a good good example of that right yeah yeah i mean i literally met every single one of my podcast guests on linkedin yeah so I don't really know what I would do without it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it just creates more of a, and especially with, you know, the last year people haven't been networking in the same way. I think it's been even more important to get to know people, to network. So I really use it to, to me, it's like a big networking social platform. So that's what I try to approach it as, and then um, engage with other people on, on there and reach out to other people through through LinkedIn. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, LinkedIn is probably the only way you can really network right now, right? Because yeah. virtual, virtual networking doesn't really do anything. No. And most people, yeah, I've, I've done a few virtual events and they've been good, but I, I still think there's even without like, it's just meeting them on LinkedIn, getting on a, a one-to-one chat, like you just are able to establish like a relationship pretty quickly that way. And I can't think of any other way to do that right now. <laughs> so. Right. Uh, so, so thanks again, Lindsay. What's a good way for everyone listening to get in contact with you? Uh, LinkedIn, probably. So it's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, I-V-I-V-I-E. So. Cool. We'll link that up in the show notes. And uh, thank you again, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Secrets to Scale. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more episodes like it, go ahead and click on that subscribe button. Music for this podcast was written and produced by Trace and Clossie. 